Lord Jesus, you deserve to be crowned as Lord of all, for you indeed are the King. Be with us this evening as we contemplate the meaning of your kingship. In your name we pray, amen. So yes, indeed, tomorrow is the last Sunday of the Christian church year. It's sometimes known as the Sunday of the Fulfillment because it focuses on the one hand on the end of all things, the fulfillment of all times, uh, thinking about end times and the end of the world. But it's also known by the name Christ the King Sunday. So this is, I guess you might say, uh, Christ the King Saturday today. And if you think about the idea of kings, in the modern day society, There aren't very many kings in the world anymore, are there? There aren't very many monarchies. There are a few, but not too many. And most royalty, as you think about it, are mere figureheads. Uh, When you think about the royalty of England, for example, uh, the Queen of England is pretty much a figurehead. She doesn't really do a lot of the direct governing of Great Britain. Uh, That's handled by the Parliament and so on, but... Nevertheless, royalty is still in place. A third grade teacher asked her young students in class one day if they could name the most famous king they could think of, and the only one they came up with was the Burger King. You know, it's pretty bad when the Burger King is the only king you can really think of, but I guess in today's society, kingship is not very well known. But in ancient Israel, kingship was very well known, wasn't it? The Bible talks about many, many kings over Israel and Judah. Beginning with King Saul, of course, the first king of Israel, followed by David, and then his son Solomon. And after Solomon, the kingdom divided north and south, Israel to the north, Judah to the south, and there were kings for both the north and the south. And of all of those dozens of kings of Israel and Judah, only a handful of them literally were faithful to God. Most of them actually led the people in the wrong direction into worshiping pagan idols and so on. But there were a few that were faithful kings. The kings of Bible times were supposed to serve God and serve the people in the name of God. They were supposed to represent God who was the ultimate king to the people. But only a few did that well. Jesus, of course, was the perfect king of kings, as the Bible describes him. And so today's theme, Christ the king. We want to explore what that means, that Christ is a king. And this morning, or excuse me, this evening, it is evening, isn't it? It is evening. There's two questions I want us to wrestle with. The first question is, in what sense is Jesus Christ a king? We're going to explore that first. And then the more practical question, the more life application question is this. What are the implications for my daily living that Jesus Christ is a king? What are the implications for how I am to live? Concerning Jesus being a king, one thing that's clear from Scripture is that he did not come into this world to be an earthly 
political, political king like we usually think of kings being. He wasn't interested in coming and ruling over Jerusalem physically and being an earthly king. There's a rather interesting insight to this point from the story of where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. You remember the story? It was probably actually a group of 20,000 plus when you add in all the women and children that were with the 5,000 men. It was an amazing miracle. But there's an interesting thing that we read after that story. And it's from John 6, verses 14 and 15. Okay, Jesus has just fed this huge crowd of people. They all went away stuffed, and there were 12 basketfuls basketfuls of food left over. And then it says, after the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, catch this, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. I think this is such a remarkable insight into the mindset of your common person in Israel in that time because it it shows us the kind of Messiah king they were looking for. They wanted a Messiah who would come and would be a warrior king who would throw the Roman overlords out of their country and reestablish Israel as a powerful nation once again. That's what they were hoping Messiah would be. But that is not at all what Jesus came to be. But they intended to come and make Jesus that kind of a king. And knowing that they intended to make him king by force, he withdrew again to a quiet place. He would have nothing to do with that. He didn't come to be an earthly political king. Those messianic expectations were based on wrong assumptions. So he didn't come to be that kind of a king. However, make no mistake, Jesus truly is a king. So let's try to understand that a little more deeply, that Jesus is a king. As a matter of fact, it was foretold in antiquity in Old Testament times that Messiah would be the king of kings. We go to the story of Daniel. You remember Daniel the prophet. Daniel had been one of those who was taken in exile off to faraway Babylon when the people of Judah were captured uh, by the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar and taken away. For 70 years they were in Babylon and Daniel was one of those who was there. And it was during the time that he was in exile there that he gets this vision from God of heaven in which he pictures God the Father, and he pictures the Messiah as well. Listen to Daniel's description of what it is he saw that day. He said, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days, that is, God the Father, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be 
destroyed. It's an important, significant passage from the Old Testament. And, and look what he, he said about this one that he's seeing in this vision. He is one like a son of man. And this one has been given authority, power, and the everlasting kingdom, one that will never end. Now, let's jump to the New Testament. Let me ask you a question. What was Jesus' favorite term for himself? Whenever he would refer to himself, what term would he use of himself? Do you remember? Son of man. Time and time again, he references the son of man. Why did he do that? Because that was a messianic term directly from Daniel. It was Jesus' way of saying, that one that Daniel saw is me. He was showing that he himself was more than just an earthly king. He was the king of kings and lord of lords, the promised Messiah, the one who would rule the universe, the one whose kingdom will have no end. And as the son of man, Jesus himself came not to be a warrior king, on earth, but to be a suffering servant king, just like the one that the other prophets foretold, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, one who would suffer, one who would give his life for the world. It really is the ultimate irony, isn't it? That the the king of heaven and earth, the one whose kingdom will never end, comes into this world, takes on a human body, and gives his life for the sake of people, for the sake of his subjects. The king who rules over all dies in the place of his subjects. Why? So that you and I might be welcomed into his eternal kingdom with him forever. It really is the ultimate irony. There's another man who was exiled and had a similar experience to Daniel. This man, John, the apostle John, was exiled to the island of Patmos in his later years in his life. And as an old man on the island of Patmos, he too was given a vision of heaven. And then he was told to write it down. And the result was the last book of the New Testament we call the revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John. He gets this revelation of heaven. He sees heaven. And I want to read a portion of Revelation chapter 1 and make some, uh, some uh, points and insights about Jesus being the king of kings. John says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Notice, he rules all the other authorities on earth. To him who loves us, and catch this, and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then he says, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be, amen. 
And then the last verse, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Notice the elements of Jesus' kingship in that passage from Revelation chapter 1. First of all, we notice his love for people, his purpose and mission in coming into this world, the shedding of his blood to free us from our sins. That's what the true king was all about. The king of kings and lord of lords was not king simply to remain up in heaven. But he was king of kings and lord of lords precisely to come and give his life for you. That through his death and resurrection and your faith in him as your savior, you may have the certainty that your sins are forgiven, that you are on your way to heaven through faith in him and you too will spend eternity with the king of kings and lord of lords. That's what his kingship is marked by, his love for his people. It's also marked by the fact that he is the ruler of the kings of the earth, John said. Yeah, there's been some rather powerful rulers on earth, many of whom have become quite egotistical in their power and their rule. But they all must answer to the true king of kings, the true lord of lords. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. No one gets away with anything without the true king knowing about it. And it's marked by the fact that he is coming again as judge over all. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, John said, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. Jesus is coming again one day. We don't know when. It could be tonight. We don't know when, but we're to be ready every day in faith, knowing that our Savior is coming to take us home with him. And the last element is the term, alpha and the omega. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And for Jesus to say, I am the alpha and the omega, is his way of saying, everything begins and ends with me. I am your savior. I am the one who accomplishes your eternal salvation. Put your trust in me as your king. So that's question number one about Jesus' kingship. But now let's go to the, maybe the more significant question for us personally. What does all this mean for us? What are the implications for my daily living that Jesus is a king? Well, we get a pretty clear insight into the implications of Jesus' kingship for us in the story of Jesus being questioned by Pontius Pilate on that first Good Friday. He'd already appeared before the high priest. He'd already been slapped and beaten around by them a bit. Now he was dragged before Pontius Pilate. And after the crowds were were calling for him to be put on trial, Pilate calls Jesus into himself privately and has this conversation. I want to read that gospel reading again. Listen again to this conversation between Jesus, the king of kings, and Pontius Pilate, the representative of the earthly king, Caesar. Pilate then went back inside the palace, 
summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus said. I don't know what that reminds you of, but it reminds me of a couple of other stories in the life and ministry of Jesus where someone said, hey, listen to him. Remember his baptism? As John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and he rises up out of the water and the the spirit descends, descends upon him in the form of a dove and the voice of the Father from heaven says, This is my beloved son whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. And then another incident later in his life, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John with him up on a mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, where he's transfigured before them. Bright light is shining out from Jesus. They see the the glory of Jesus and his divinity displayed right in front of them as Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus as well. And from the cloud, the father says, again, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. And listen means more than just let the sound go in your ears. Listen means pay attention, pay attention and respond to what you hear him say. You see, friends, we are called to listen to him who not only speaks truth, we're to listen to him who himself embodies the truth, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're to listen to him and respond because what he has to say to us is the truth in the midst of all the false and counterfeit philosophies that are thrown at us virtually every day. The call to listen to Jesus is also a call then to follow what he has to say in our daily living. So let me ask you this pointed question. Are you listening to and following the words of your king? Are you listening to and following the words of your King Jesus? Words like repent and believe the good news. Repent, that is, turn away from your sins. Turn away from them and turn toward the one and only one who can forgive them. And believe the good news. The good news that Jesus died for you. And that in him you are forgiven and free of all that holds you back. Repent and believe the good news. Are you listening to and following the words of your king? Words like, trust in me. In my father's house are many rooms. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me. Do you believe that? Do you listen to that and heed the words of your king? Do you heed the words that that say, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? Do you listen and follow the words of your king? Do you follow the words of your king like these? Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Are you shining the light of Christ's love for you out to the world that others may be drawn to him too? Do you listen to and follow the words of your king that say, forgive one another as I have forgiven you? Do you pray the Lord's prayer from the heart fully convinced that because you've been forgiven that you are now able to forgive others? Do you hear and follow the words of your king when he says to you and to me, you shall be my witnesses and go therefore and make disciples of all people. You see, Christ Jesus, your king, laid down his life for you so that you may live in his kingdom forever. In fact, you're already members of the kingdom And one day you'll be experiencing the joys and bliss of the eternal kingdom forever. Christ our King speaks only what is true, for he himself is the truth. And as Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Are we listening to our King? And is it obvious That Jesus is the king of your life, the king of your heart, the king of all you do. Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your king. Amen.